Hello? <laughs> has the has the podcast begun? Began. It has begun. Guys, welcome to Gambling for Shoes. The podcast might not really gamble for shoes anymore, but I do gamble. Uh, you can also call this podcast, uh, I Got Fucked by the Chiefs <laughs> Club. If you're joining from Philadelphia. Yesterday was Super Bowl Sunday. Interesting game. Kind of, I want to get into it, but in terms of the basic math, I I did win some money yesterday. I could have won a lot more if the Eagles won and if Patrick Mahomes threw for over 250 yards. I feel like I had the, I feel like I kind of saw where the game was going, so I give myself credit for that. But I could have done better. But the the big bet I I hit was a three item, um, prop bet parlay, which. If you don't gamble, I might as well be speaking Mandarin. <laughs> but I basically bet that the game would go over like 46 points. Um, that Patrick Mahomes would throw for at least at least two touchdowns. And that the che- this is the kicker. I'm proud of this one, so lean in. All right. I, and I want, when I finish this sentence, I want you all to envision patting me on the back. <laughs> because I am proud of this. The third part of that parlay was that the Chiefs had to be losing at halftime and then ultimately win the game. So those three things hit, and they pay out pretty well. So like the losses I had on my other bets, is kind of a wash. I probably end up profiting a little bit, but I was very close. But yeah, I mean, you knew, you kind of saw the Chiefs, they were only down 10 at halftime. You kind of figured that they were that they were going to at least claw back in the game. Like at halftime, the line was 7.5? What? Of course, I didn't jump on it, but uh, it's money I could have made. But it was a it was a pretty fun game. But that ending fucked it up. That was a really that sucked. I know people. The James Bradbury came out and was like, "Well, I actually did hold him," and it's like, "Yeah, I feel like you're being too humble or something." That was ticky tack call for sure. And it, it and for the second major game in a row, the Chiefs are fucking. Gift wrapped, gift wrapped. Whew. English, English, you guys. Uh, they were given the game by the referees, and it's like uh, everyone's like, "It's rigged! It's rigged!" The mafia are controlling the NFL. It's not like that. I mean, it might be like that a little bit, but it's more about it's more about this conversation of how dark shit the referees are. This is a bummer because you don't want you don't want non athletes, you don't basically deciding the game. That sucks. You know? Because after that call, then the Chiefs get to basically kneel the ball and then kick a field goal from five feet away. The Eagles don't even get a chance to respond. And then now, and then now Twitter's like, is, trend, is trending with, with rigged and all that stuff. And the NFL has a PR. This is going to be a question they have to answer all, all offseason. It does suck. It's crazy that, that the NFL now feels like WWE. It's like, I thought I was done with this. You know? Eventually... Because there's two stages of being a wrestling fan. You're a kid and you believe it. And you're like, oh my god, Hulk Hogan is a great man. <laughs> and I hope he, I hate it when he loses. There's that, there's like the innocent version. And then there's the adult version. It's like, well, why the fuck would they do this? Why would they have Stone Cold Steve Austin lose this match in this fashion? I don't like the way the psychology of the story. And you get mad that way. And that's kind of how the NFL... It's like, why the fuck are the Chiefs winning on a technicality two games in a row? It's like, dude, I, I stopped watching WWE a couple years ago because I, 
I saw the people that were complaining about how bad it was. And now I'm doing the same thing with football. And I thought that, you know, there would be more integrity. I don't know. As a Bengals fan, I obviously think I, I want to be like, yeah, the NFL's rigged. They want Patrick Mahomes to be their their angel. And the, the bigger he is, the better it is, the more money it is. Yada, 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 but... I don't know. I didn't like it. Bad taste. No one, no one outside of Kansas City enjoyed, enjoyed that. And then, at the end of it, what was hilarious was that Travis Kelsey was like, "Nobody believed in us. Nobody, nobody could have counted us in or out." It's like, dude, you've, you've been to like six straight AFC championships. You've jobbed two teams in these games, and we've never once have been like, "Yeah, dude, the Chiefs suck." I've definitely said that, but I'm not. I'm not the media. If you if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I, I need some good old fashioned sports coverage, I need some AM radio that I could share with my uncle. Turn it off now. This <laughs> just stop right now. <laughs> I, I'm. Why can't we? Why can't we replay referees' calls? Why not? We we scrutinize everything else. That seems like that would fix this. You know? Just review. Why Why not challenge that? I don't know. It just sucks to have... I, I feel like the referees, when there's like two minutes left, I feel like they need to get together and be like, listen, guys, okay, if you hand a first down away, you could fuck up the whole game. So just think about it. If it's, if it's close, maybe it's okay. Just... I did not mean to hit the table. Um, but I'm really into this character right now. Guys, if it's third and 15 and you see a defensive holding call that doesn't draw blood, fucking don't blow the whistle. I don't know. I didn't like it. And now the NFL is going to get it. What's hilarious is that where are you going to go? You know, if you're really upset about the NFL and you think it's fucking rigged, where are you going to go? The USFL? Is that really going to scratch your itch? The XFL? No. I don't even I don't even do college football. So it's like the same way with the, it's the same way of being w, a WWE fan. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Are you going to go to the midget wrestling at the at high at the high school gym that comes once a month? Or, or are you going to do the the super independent Basically, we're all communist wrestling. <laughs> Wrestling's gotten political. I, this may be inside baseball, but like WWE is like Republican wrestling. And then there's like independent shows that are like so clearly aimed for like people of the left to get into it. Because as I'm saying, all kinds of people like wrestling. Dorks, liberal dorks, Christian dorks, conservative dorks. They're all into it. Black dorks, <laughs> they're all there, dude. <laughs> they're all there, but there is definitely AEW. Look it up, AEW. It's like an offshoot of WWE in a little bit. Like they've gobbled up some old WWE superstars, and typically ones who are small because WWE needs big boys, big old boys, and all the other ones are for like the five foot seven guys. That Vince McMahon was like too goddamn short. It's crazy that the NFL is wrestling now. 
but I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm just losing my innocence. That's I'm 35, <laughs> and just like man, everything used to be so much more pure, but now not not even fucking sports, man. I mean, what the hell? Speaking of best commercial last night, I I was I didn't really watch the commercials. We had some people over, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching uh, the commercials I paid some attention to but there was one that was like that was like really poignant it was like showing all these dramatic photos of like people in masks screaming at people not in masks screaming about lockdowns doing the George Floyd stuff I was like okay maybe this this is trying to say something and I forget what the what the message was but it was like we can all be friends right why not be friends or love the people you hate and they're like this commercial is brought to you by Jesus it's like whoa <laughs> the Lord and Savior had the best commercial. Hey, who? I didn't know. Can I buy stock in this company? Is there a Jesus.com that I could buy like five shares in? Surely. Um, but that was the only commercial that actually caught my attention. I I hate commercials. They're just like these weird. It's like what is what? How is any of this supposed to make me want to buy your product? Like there was like like a Michelob Ultra commercial, or they're they're a prime example of one. Like they'll they have someone like go fucking run a hundred yard sprint, and then climb up a wall, and then do a tough mutter competition, and then they get handed a goddamn a a room temperature Mick Ultra, <laughs> and they just chug it in broad daylight. Like that was the thing that they were running the race for. Dude, if you if you were running a marathon and they you know how they have the water cup people that hand you water and one of those cups was was just for some reason Michelob Ultra because that's what it would be like in the commercials. Could you imagine? You've been running fifteen miles hours. It's hot. You're in a city, it stinks, and someone hands you hot Mick Ultra and says, Here, you're the you're an athlete, right? This is for you. The fucking you have to jam your thumb in that guy's eye socket. <laughs> now, it's so many commercials are... I don't know. They're, it's so weird. I, to me, it feels like... Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like them. I don't, I don't trust them. <laughs> you know what gets on my nerves? Commercials. But, um, yeah. I, so what about the UFOs, guys? That... The Super Bowl happened. There was a lot of UFOs apparently happening. I love, I love how, I love how blase we all are. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's fucking whatever, you know. There's, a, there's something. There's a dot in the sky, and uh, you know, it's they, they're everywhere. We just go shoot them down wherever. <laughs> it's so funny that this is this is a theme of 2023. It's like, yeah, no, the, uh, you know, maybe aliens, definitely UFOs, maybe aliens. And we're all just like, yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. Sure. So I'm in Chicago. That's where I live. And they shot something down in Lake Huron. I was like, that sounds like it's close. Because I we live I live two miles from Lake Michigan. And I know Lake Huron is, is in the fucking neighborhood somewhere. And it's, it is, it's east of us, but by, I don't know, two hours or something. So they shot down something that, over there. Um, great. <laughs> great. You know? Now it's in the water system. I'm going to shower and I'm going to get fucking scales. Horns and shit. Um, 
Yeah, but I, you know, ultimately, like, I don't care. Like, anything that's getting, like, mainstream news coverage that's getting picked up by all the media outlets, I don't care how crazy it is. I'm out. I'm 100% out. I got my fingers in my ears. I'll care about the aliens when they show up on my doorstep and take my wife hostage. And they're like, you'll never see her again unless... <laughs> unless you suck my fucking... Yeah. So, like, until that happens, I, I'm not... Fuck aliens. You know? I mean, the chances of an alien ending my my own life very small. Someone else in this country may be higher, but, like, statistically... The, I don't really see the aliens interfering. What's crazy is that, like, I'm saying this and there is some irony. There's a layer of irony to what I'm talking about. But ultimately, this is the world that we live in. To where I'm just, like, uh, <laughs> abstractly trying to <laughs> really uh, understand how I feel about aliens that could potentially just ring my doorbell. And it's not that scary. I think I, I've seen alien movies when I was like, you know, maybe, um, I don't know. That would suck. That would really suck to have to live through an alien invasion. But I don't know. We've already done the, we've already done the fucking, the Hollywood virus outbreak. What's this? Why not? Why not? We could, we could be the most interesting generation of all time. You know how, you know how, how many fucking grandchildren are going to want to sit around us and be like, tell us about the big virus of 2020, Grandpa, and the alien invasion of 2023. <laughs> and Trump is president. Crazy time. It is. It's unique times. I, I wonder what people in like the 60s felt like. Did they feel like they were just like, just fucking barely hanging on to? <laughs> That they're like, good God, like history has never felt so flimsy or so <laughs> destructible. Because in the 60s, things happen. So you go to the moon, that's fucking, that's wild. There's Vietnam, which is not good. There's all the race stuff. Um, and then President Kennedy gets assassinated. What? And that's just the life. You, they don't even have the internet. You know what I'm saying? So like information is like way more centralized. But now we have all this shit going on. But we have this internet, which is just like amplifying everyone's opinion, like times a million. But I, I guess I want to know what they, what they, what it felt like in the '60s. Were they just waking up every morning in like this state of panic? Because it feels like a lot of people nowadays they're just like in survival mode. <laughs> I think everyone says America is collapsing. I don't know. We, I feel like we got another hundred years at least. I mean, enjoy it while you can. Everybody, go, go, get your Cracker Barrel, go to Gulf Shores, go see uh, the Grand Tetons. Go do it while you can. <laughs> yeah. So what else? What else? Um, so I, I know I've told you guys before. I wanted this to transition into. Um, more of a stand-up podcast and we're gonna gradually start doing that just ever so gradually go ahead and make that transition you guys won't even know you won't even know i'm still gonna gamble okay for all those but 
But most of my gamblings uh, will take place in the NFL. I I I always I I'm down to lose money throughout the year. Okay, no problems. I I love to gamble. All right, but I love to gamble in the NFL most because that's where I actually win. But um, I'll, I'll I'll take some flyers. But uh, so this will this we'll talk sports. We'll talk gambling. But uh, you know, I feel like. Uh, Stand-up is something that I can, A, talk about for a really long time. And it's something that people, I think, want to hear about. Because I don't, I don't think my comic friends listen to the podcast. That would be, that would be weird. I had, one, <laughs> I had one comic friend listen to it. And he was like, yeah, it was kind of weird. It was, like you, it was kind of like you just like leaving me a long voicemail. <laughs> and that's what it may feel like to non-comic friends, too. But... Uh, it's this podcast will definitely be for people who don't do comedy, I think, and they want to know, they want to see what it's like, the life. Um, so if it's anyone's first time listening and you want some context, I've been doing comedy for four and a half years. I started in South Carolina, moved to Cincinnati, and then now I live in Chicago. I've been here for like f- five months. February will be six months once once it's over, and uh, this is the this is the this is the plan. <laughs> I'm married, and uh, I do have uh, a job, and so does my wife. We want to have kids. Um, we have a dog, and like my job's good, but it's I'm not making like a fuck ton by any means. But it affords me a lot of freedom to to go after Plan A, which is. 100% comedy. I think I I want I like talking to comics about that they get it but the rest of the world I don't know. Sometimes I think they're like you do what now? Like you're going to do what? Uh but yeah, no, it's it is my I get on stage pretty much every night. Um a lot of when do I get paid? So, the answer is sometimes. <laughs> um but I'm I definitely have what? have been improving and my opportunities have been getting better and been like things that I used to really, really, really want. So like I can definitely tell I'm making progress and my, the, the ruler that I'm using at all times is my background in professional baseball. Sorry if you've never listened before. This is a lot of context that, uh, I don't know. Sounds weird, but yeah, it's because the failures and successes and everything you need in professional baseball apply one-to-one to comedy. Um, in terms of like your work ethic and like how you handle a good set or how you handle a bad set. So there'll be some parallels there, I think, as I always kind of uh, apply lessons I've learned. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been great. It's really, really enriched my life and not to be uh, to sound like to be motivational. But, uh, you know, if there's something you want to do in your life, you better do it. You better do it because I had this. I had this idea of doing stand up, uh, tugging at me for I think a while, and I didn't even know it. But then once I kind of confronted it, I was like, "Damn, I got to do it." And then I've had some some of the most rewarding experiences of my of my life have come on stage, and uh, that may be very sad to some of you. Like you went up there and you did a skit about eating your boogers, and you said you got close to God then. <laughs> but it really, it really is. It's been so great. And I encourage anyone out there, if there's some bullshit you want to do, some little project, you better fucking do it. 
you better do it because you know uh, sometimes you're gonna need that purpose in, in life. Now, it's, it's, comedy's been great. It's really it's really giving me uh, a fun thing to pursue. And ultimately, I want to take it as far as I can, but I, that's kind of like out of my control. So right now, I sometimes work in clubs. I'll do shows in bars. I'll do open mics in bars and little clubs and all that stuff. But the, the move to Chicago was all about basically being in a bigger stand-up market. Cincinnati was great. Um, and you know, even New York and L.A. was probably better than Chicago. But to me, I'm like, I can get on stage a ton here and still do a lot of the clubs, even the same ones I was doing from Cincinnati. Um, that was a, you know, that was a loose setting of the tone of what, what stand up is right now, um, uh, or kind of how I feel about it, but I, I want to play a clip after every episode. I'm going to put these out every Monday. You have my word unless something changes, <laughs> but no, I'm going to put these out every Monday. Um, you can count on me, brothers and sisters. And, uh, after every one, I'm going to put out a stand up clip. And, um, with a little bit of context and just kind of show you what, like, you know, what goes into this in terms of like a joke I'm doing, or maybe a riffy moment I had on stage. And I hope I had the courage to, uh, not just show you the good jokes that are doing well in a club with 300 people being like, ha 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 more, more, please. <laughs> I don't want to just show you. I want to show you what it's really like, like. I don't necessarily want to give you clips of me bombing. That's bad for business. You know, I am trying to be famous after all. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, but or just me telling jokes or doing a brand new joke in front of like six people at a bar because that's very much, that is still kind of the essence of this. You know, you're always just kind of doing a new thing in front of a small crowd. Uh, just those small crowds get larger, it seems like, as you get better and bigger. So... But this, the clip for this one is not me doing a new joke for seven people in a Starbucks. This is me doing a, a newer joke uh, in, at the comedy bar in Chicago um, for probably like 100, 120 people, 150 maybe. Um, yeah, and this was the first joke I ever, I, I wrote since moving to Chicago. I've written other ones, but like this was the first idea I got and um, the first joke I ever wrote. And I've been working on it for, well, four or five months. And there's been several iterations of it, but um, this was one where I'm like, oh, okay, this is the, here's an example of this joke that doesn't make me cringe. Um, so yeah, enjoy it. And I'll see you guys next Monday. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm relatively new to Chicago. I, we got the legal weed. That's cool. I moved here with my wife. I like it here. She does not. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And we're both from small towns in Kentucky, and I'm looking for like any piece of the South to like show up, make her feel a little more comfortable. You know, maybe a Waffle House. Maybe, <laughs> maybe some Rita McIntyre. You know, maybe maybe she can get robbed by somebody with a Southern accent. I don't know. <laughs> But the other night, something changed. We were outside, and she saw a rabbit. And she was like, oh my god, a bunny in the city? Can you believe it? And I was like, oh, yes. That just bought me six more months, you know? <laughs> then it came back the next night. So now she, like, 
believes in it. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I think this, this rabbit's going to keep us in Chicago for a while. But if it keeps showing up, she's going to like give it a name, bring it in the house. And that's when she'll know it's been a rat the whole time. <laughs> dark when she's seen it. <laughs> and the rat does hop. <laughs> but I think that's because it has like bone disease or something. We <laughs> got like stabbed in the 90s and never healed. I don't know. I don't know your guys' rats yet. Uh, uh.